0: And and man, you know what? Every time I Google you, like there's something new, like I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And like all this stuff is you're, you're all over the place, which is awesome.
1: You know, I did a lot of it during 2020. Honestly, it was such a, like a down year that, um, I felt like I could get more content out. Yep.
0: Welcome to the Clinical Athletes Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. I'm your host, Kenneth Reese. Um, for, for today's episode, kind of a neat story, uh, as you probably are aware, as I haven't posted a podcast in quite some time. Uh, I've been having a little, uh, a little, no, I haven't been having trouble getting guests, but, uh, you know, reaching out to people and seeing if they're interested in doing the podcast is always tough. When I went to business school many years ago... Um, I learned uh, a tactic called cold calling, which is basically you just uh, phone up people or contact people out of the blue and, and see if they're interested in the product that you may be trying to sell. And, and that's kind of where my, my podcast has been going. I'd interviewed people that I've, I've spoken with before, been in touch with, been acquaintance, acquaintances of, been friends of, and, and that's pretty easy. So I sent out a few emails to some interesting people. I wanted to pick particular to a fellow named Roderick Sewell uh, sent him out a note. And within a couple of days he got back to me and said that he would love to do my podcast. So seldom do cold calls go that well so i was so appreciative that he was willing to take the time and and sit down with me and chat for for uh, 45 minutes or so about his athletic career and what an amazing athletic career it is Uh, currently he's uh he's uh, living in, in colorado springs working with the paralympic team he's the first above knee amputee to complete the kona ironman world championships on prosthetic legs and, uh, and, and an accomplished world-class Paralympic swimmer as well with uh, gold medals in some international competitions. So uh, it's interesting, some good stories that he tells us, uh, ask him a little bit about his training, things that are interesting like that. So we'll get on with the interview. But first, a big shout-out from our sponsors, and uh, my one and only sponsor is Mr. Kurt Bordeaux. Kurt has been gracious enough to let me use his music as my intro and my extro. Pardon me, my intro and my outro. And uh, Kurt can be found at KurtBordeaux.com. He's got some amazing indie music. He's a fantastic storyteller. And I think if you give him a listen, he's, uh, I, I, his music is just fantastic and something entirely entertaining. So without further ado, let's interview Roderick Sewell. Good morning, Roderick Sewell. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing, I'm doing very well as well. Thank you. In, in uh, Colorado Springs, I understand. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I moved here.
1: Uh, I left New York. I think it was January of last year. Um, so it's been about a year now that I've been here.
0: Right, and and I understand you're at the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center. There is that correct?
1: Um, actually, I'm training off complex. Uh, oh, okay. I have a. I'm renting a house with a few of my friends, and it's um, been pretty nice. It's uh, we still have our our training schedule, but um, you know we choose the time, we choose the food that we get to eat. Um, not to say the center isn't an amazing opportunity. It's just nice when you can live in a household with people who also train. So you all kind of work together. Right. Right.
0: Awesome. And okay. okay. And, and, and what kind of food are you, are you, are you eating healthier than the training center?
1: (laughs) I don't know about that. You just get a lot of options there. You know, they give you so many options. Um, (laughs) but me, I like to, I, I like to, I'm a veggie kind of guy. So when I make a meal, um, if I meal prep, for Six days, it's like a, a veggie meal. Um, but you know, that once a day, or sorry, once a week, um, I might get a burrito, I might get some, like, get some help, you know, some heavy carbs, right? Um,
0: yeah. Ooh. Good. Good. Hey, so I guess, uh, you know, as with every kind of story, I I like to, when I interview someone, I like to interview them like we're reading a book, kind of start at the beginning and and move towards the end. Um, So, so brief history, I I guess for, for viewers that, that don't know you or haven't, or viewers, listeners who don't know you, haven't, haven't heard of you. um, You're Roderick Sewell and you uh, are a triathlete for the most part. I know you've, you've done some marathons as well. We'll we'll get into that and and certainly an accomplished swimmer. Uh, But, but uh, you were the first uh, above knee amputee to complete the Kona world championship triathlon uh, on, on prosthetics. Is that correct?
1: So, yes, we had, um, we had one gentleman, his name is Rudy Garcia. He raced the Kona Ironman world championship in 20, 2009. Um, he used a standard bike as for me. I used a, uh, which is, um, for an amputee, you're pretty much sitting down and the, the bike is pretty much as far as your limb to go in front of you. Um, and you're using your arms, your core, your back and everything to, to move the bike. Uh, so that was the difference. uh, so really attempted in 2009 and, uh, I think he missed the bike cut off by 15 minutes. Um, you know, not, not a lot, but, uh, it was the bike that's the weakest for people who are double above me. Um, so once he told me that I was like, I would love to use my arms because I, I just have faith, you know, I know my arms still get me there versus me trusting my prosthetics, which is, um, sometimes tough, Right. depending on how your fit is but, you know, like it's, uh, it would be, it's definitely more difficult.
0: For sure. Right, right. Yeah. Just total, total gluteal activation, no upper leg muscles, just, 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 just the, just the butt muscles getting you through. Exactly. And, and, and shout out to, to Rudy, you know, I, I follow him as well. Uh, he, he, he did complete, uh, I believe it was Ironman Arizona. He's, he's completed a full Ironman uh, in, in, so, you know, he did. it's, it, it was,
1: uh, it was five weeks after, which is oh. wild.
0: I didn't realize it was the same here that's well there you go that's got to have something to do with it as well Uh, hey so uh, so little little background growing up so again above knee amputee um, can you tell us a little story Mm -hmm. about uh, you know again I like to read it like a book from beginning to end Uh, tell us about uh, about the baby Roderick
1: so I was born with missing tibias in both of my legs um, being the cause of my amputation I had my legs amputated when I was a year and about a year and a half. Um, And from there, I got you know went through the healing process, rehab, all that. And uh, I think I got my first pair of prosthetics when I was three, Um, maybe even younger. But they were very you know they're beginner child like. The maneuvering was (laughs) not there. You know, you're holding your child's hand, and they're just walking at your your same height or height that you can work with. Um, but yeah, so going through that, I remember having a stroller eventually growing into legs that were more mechanical. Um, and at this time, you know, I'm just kind of going through life, not realizing what something like this costs, um, how much it, or what you have to do with when it comes to trying to get good prosthetics, um, especially for a child who's growing, uh, you, you're constantly growing out of your socket. You know, it's, it's in that year or maybe even a few months, you're, you're already developing so fast that you need to get new sockets. Um, you're active like I was, so you're definitely breaking them, you know? Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was interesting because I still had my childhood. You know, the more I look back, it's like, I still had, I had family, I had friends who they would work with me because I would try to find other ways to maneuver and to, to be with them. Um, I, uh, I used to ride a skateboard a lot. If I didn't have a skateboard, I would find those, uh, Tupperware cups and pretty much I would use those to put on my leg, which fit perfectly. And they didn't break. They didn't like shatter, you know? So it was, it was like, uh, the perfect cover so that I can go run and and be with family and friends outside,
0: um, so sorry so this you put the cups on your limbs like no you just <laughs> just to protect your legs from the bare the, the bare ground that's exactly what, that's it. That's awesome.
1: any bushes any rocks anything i was and it worked my yeah. family was just so like amazed and I, I should reach out to them and tell them that like those oh, there's 30 cups i was <laughs> like jumping out of <laughs> jumping out of trees and landing just fine like they worked Is they that? were really really good yeah. um uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that was my way of of getting around. And that's why I say that my childhood was there because my family didn't really treat me like somebody who, uh, who couldn't do for themselves. Right. Um, Or, you know, they were, they were wary, the younger generation that was with me because they had the older, older generation, generation, excuse me, that, um, didn't really know what to expect. They were worried like what would become of, this young boy who you know doesn't have legs now and like what kind of life is he going to live and what can he do is he going to be you know on the street is he going to be asking for money is he going to be just like struggling his life because they they've never seen a child growing up in this situation they've only seen individuals who are adults and already kind of in this like I'm already in my chair Um, I'm struggling to take care of myself because, uh, obviously some of the support wasn't there, you know, right. and there, there has to be some type of support.
0: Right. Um, so, so, yeah. uh, I was, uh, you know, you're mentioning you, 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 you had your, your, uh, lower legs removed, uh, at about 18 months, about a year and a half. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I remember I would. I came across your name. I was watching, uh, iron Man footage, uh, the, the, the NBC coverage, or I can't remember who's covering it now, but, uh, and, and you they had interviewed your mom and she said, you know, you're crawling around and she could hear you whimpering. So obviously in, in some mm-hmm. pain. And, and so she made that decision. So, you know, being 18 months, do you, do you even have a recollection of that period of time? I'm trying to, I was trying to think back to when I was a year and a half and I, I don't remember much, but do you have any kind of recollection of that?
1: None. Nope. It's so funny you say that. Cause it's the same with. Uh when I hear certain people tell stories of, of their younger child, um, years, uh, I'm just kind of like, how do you remember that at that age? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember any, I don't remember my amputation. I don't remember my legs. You know, I don't remember anything besides the way I am now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, that for me is kind of like, well, that's, I think that's played a part in why I was so willing to, um, just kind of moves. however I could, you know, figure it out. Um, but yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, this is how it is. This is how it's been. That's, uh, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, so mentioned you're an active kid. What kind of sports were you? Well, apparently from, from running through bushes and jumping out of trees, as you say, with the <laughs> Tupperware cups, were you involved in many sports right. as a kid?
1: Well, honestly, no. Um, when it got to, you know, I was going to school. Um, certain kids didn't want to play sports with me, obviously, because they didn't understand what was going on. Um, me, I, I knew that I was different, but I also was just kind of used to, excuse me, that being the norm. Um, but, uh, even then it was, you know, I was trying to find a way to be active again. It was, I would get on a scooter or I would just kind of go out there and show that I could do it. I could be with the, the kids as they are. Um, but I didn't get into like sports until I got involved with the challenge athletes foundation. Um, and then I got into adaptive sports and, you know, just like a, if you have a, a child, you want to put them in every sport available. Right. Right. So that's kind of what we did. Um, I tried, you know, cycling, running, um, swimming came later at wheelchair rugby for a while wheelchair basketball. Um, and it was cool because I just had, it just fit, you know, it was like, Oh, okay. This is something I can do and have a good time with it. Um, and I think that, uh, that really changed my ideas of, okay, so I can do sports because before I wasn't doing anything and that's up to the age. Um, I think I was like seven or eight when I got started with challenge athletes foundation, um, or at least heard about them. You know, I didn't get my first home lessons until I was 10. Uh, they got me my first running leg same year. And then my first bike, I think came the year before or after. Right. Uh, so it was just, you know, I didn't realize they were getting me ready for a triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea they were prepping me. It's like, Oh, I got a hair cycle. I got a running leg. This is amazing. So I, was definitely last because I was terrified of the water.
0: I, uh, uh I have a couple boys, uh, they're, they're in their, they're 23 and 21 now. And, uh, you know, like, as you were saying, you, I, we put them in, in a variety of sports. We tried to get them involved in everything, mm-hmm. try everything out. And, and now they harbor a lot of resentment for uh, taking away their childhood. So I'm going to tell them that you actually found it as a positive experience that you tried all these things.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's very, I mean, first off, like just, just as you learn alone as working with the team and the sport, like that, that is, is moments that, um, I've definitely made lifelong friendships that way. Right. Um, so, no, I, I find that funny that they,
0: that they feel that way. I know, right? Like, who wouldn't, you know, That's like, oh, you made us do speed skating. Oh, I shouldn't make fun. They don't talk like that. I shouldn't make fun of them. But they're, they'll listen right, to this and they'll get a chuckle out of it. <laughs> speed skating, that sounds amazing. Well, yeah. See? See? Now I... <laughs> why can't you be my son? No, no, I mean I'm I don't also, mean that, my kids. I Cooper Casey, I don't mean that. I, <laughs> I'm also twenty nine, I'll be thirty in a few months, so maybe
1: that's why. Okay, that yeah, maybe that, happen, yeah, maybe just
0: a few more years to look back <laughs> on it. Um okay, so so you uh you, you mentioned you took swimming lessons a, a little later. So this is another mm-hmm. place I, w- I wanted to go was, so how do you go from kind of a late starting swimmer to being a, a, a an international uh, level swimmer with, with gold medals in international competitions?
1: I think, um, I think those years of being afraid of it and being without and just not being comfortable around the water. Um, once I got comfortable, it was... You know, it's like a floodgate. It was uh, impossible to keep me out because I just wanted to keep going more. Um, But that took time to form that comfort to realize, okay, I am fine, or learn the skills to um, save myself if something happened, which was the the main worry because um, I didn't have my legs. So if I fell in the water, I only had my arms to rely on. Um, So getting those lessons to overcome that fear and the comfort and learn the skills and then it turned into, oh, you can race and do this. You know, I, I, I can do more than just play around. You know, I can go do this at like top speed or what I thought was top speed at that age, you know? Right. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, just something different. Something very like, I wasn't used to. I wasn't used to being without my prosthetics and moving that way. You know, and such, we know the water is such a, a healing element. Um, so being in the water that way just made everything feel good from like the, my head down to my stump, uh, lower back, everything. Like it would just naturally make me feel better. Um, and yeah, to this day, like I, (laughs) I, I would say that I am, I'm done training for, for swimming, for Paralympic swimming. Um, but swimming itself is something that's never going away. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's changed. It's opened so many doors. It's changed my life in so many ways. Um, and there's still more that I can do with it. I know I'm going to do another triathlon, you know, that's not gonna, not going away anytime soon. Um, there's other open water races that they, that a lot of people compete in. And these are other ways that I could raise money to help, um, other individuals who are part of CAS or challenge. Athlete Foundation. Right. Um, so it's, um, but yeah, it was it, in the original, it was, or I guess in the beginning, it was just, I want to get comfortable in the water, and then it was like, oh wow, I love this feeling. And from there, it just kind of grew.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So just kind of yeah. I, and I think that that's a, a good take-home message. I think for triathlon, you're probably aware that um, the that seems to be the limiting factor for getting people involved is is the water and not being experienced with it. Mm-hmm. And I like the uh, well, just I just went in to get comfortable, and then once I got comfortable, it took oh. off from there. Don't don't go in thinking mm-hmm. you're gotta. Well, I gotta do pound out a thousand meters today or whatever. Uh, and it's, it's funny. It's, sorry, it's funny you say that because even because I used to coach
1: athletes in New York, um, and that was always the the one aspect was swimming. Like they could they could fake it on the bike. They were probably a stronger runner, or vice versa. You know, they're not the good, not so good at running, but strong on the bike. Um, but swimming was always the one. Just like yeah. you couldn't fake it. It was you had to you had to work on it, and it had to be consistent because. It's not something. It's not as easy for some. It's for something for you to fall into, like, like cycling or running. Once you get that that flow, you know, yes. it's it's harder to sink into that with swimming. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's the once you have that one, I think it'll it'll benefit the other two disciplines. For sure, for sure.
0: Now, okay, so so swimming, um, running around as a kid, doing all kinds of stuff. Like, and then, so what got you into the triathlon? It sounds like the Challenge Athletes Foundation kind of got you the bike, oh. got you the the limbs. And 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 I know I've seen I've seen several interviews of you with Bob Babbitt. Sounds like he was he was part of it as well. Um, so mm-hmm. what brought you into the the whole triathlon? And specifically, uh, I know you've done a seventy point three, Oceanside, I think, and um, and then and then Kona itself.
1: So. It's interesting. I, you know, working with CAF, that's always been our sport of focus was triathlon and a beautiful sport to get everybody involved. Um, and so with that, I was, I was, you know, meeting or getting involved with CAF. I was 10 when I was truly involved, but I heard of them when I was eight and I got involved in the disabled sports. Um, and seeing, I don't know the people come together for that sport and just kind of watching that year after year, every year. Um, it was like, okay, this is fun. This is a good time. It's a, it's a family event almost, you know? Um, and so as time went on, I actually did a a small, I think it was like a sprint Ironman or sorry, sprint triathlon distance and Alabama, which my mother and I moved from San Diego to Birmingham, Alabama when I was, I think I was 12 and uh, there I got started with the Lakeshore Foundation and I did like a small sprint triathlon there Um, from there I went to back to San Diego every year for our fundraiser our San Diego triathlon challenge and I would just do the relay I would just do the swim um, or just kind of be there to be a part you know and uh, from there it was you know, I wasn't really doing triathlon. I w- before 2019, I wouldn't have called myself a triathlete, you know, cause I, I hadn't done anything really significant. And if I did, it was a relay, you know, I would just do this swim portion because swimming was my focus. Um, from there, I got, yeah, I guess the, what started it all was, uh, Oceanside in April, 2019. Um, Rudy and myself went there, and we did, we both did the swim and the run. Um, my first time running a half marathon distance. Um, so this is just a, you know, this is a half Ironman. Um, I have a partner who is doing the cycling for me 56 miles and then I'll do the run as well as the swim, which the swim is 1.2 miles. Um, the swim, you know, 30 plus, uh, like, I don't know, 35 minutes. I think it was, um, And then the the run, surprisingly, I had never ran more than six miles in Central Park. And, you know, after the six-mile mark, seven-mile mark, eight-mile mark, I'm like, oh, wow, this is still going. Surprisingly, I'm not, like, dropping to the ground right now. (laughs) Like, I still feel good. Um, And then I come in, I I check my watch. (laughs) Eventually, I check my watch, you know, and I'm like, okay, I've been in – in the the resting area for a couple of minutes now. I check I checked my watch, says one forty one. Um, and just turned one forty. One forty one, excuse me. And so I thought, okay, well if I've been here for a while, then I think I finished my race in like an hour at least hour thirty nine. Um and for that to be my first race, my first half marathon, I was like I I was impressed, you know, and I, I hadn't seen anything like that for me. Yeah. Um doing that distance. And I mean, my hip, you know, was definitely yelling at me because <laughs> I didn't train enough leading up to that race. But still I did surprise myself with, uh, with the time. And that came with the right socket, the right alignment for my running legs. Um, so definitely a team behind it. Um, but, uh, that just kind of sparked the whole, I-, I can see myself doing this. Uh, so leading up to, I think it was either June or July, Ironman gave me a slot to compete at the world championship in October. Um, and then I realized I was only a few months away and uh, I didn't have a bike at the time. Um, I spoke to CAF and they were willing to help me and, and gave me my first uh, Mueller hand cycle for the race. And Ironman, you know, they agreed. They said I can do the swim and then I'll do the bike on the hand cycle. Um, and then I'll run on uh, running bike. So, uh, most people, if they're in the wheelchair category, they will do the swim hand cycle, um, uh, which is usually, uh, it could be a kneeler or recumbent. The different, the recumbent is, um, more of your arms in the circular motion sure. while the kneeler you're engaging your core and you know, your back and, and everything. Um, so from the swim to the, to the cycling, and then usually people do a push room. Um, which technically would have been faster. Yeah. But I chose to do the running blades because this is the way I run. This is the way I've always done it. Um, and, uh, so they agreed. I got to go race at Montauk, uh, half Ironman two weeks before Kona (laughs) and terrible. Oh oh my God. I felt so bad. It was just, it, doing half the distance and then coming off of its post store. you know, you're just like, I have to do double this in <laughs> two weeks. Like I do not see this happening, <laughs> but, um, I, I knew like this was just to get the race like jitters away. You know, I had been training completely leading up to this point. Um, like there was no taper or anything. The only time I tapered really is when I got to Hawaii, um, 10 days before the race. Uh, or nine to 10 days and um yeah so my first half Ironman was two weeks before Kona and then Kona was my first full Ironman um uh, as well as my first marathon my first uh first century ride and uh I think my uh I don't know about my first 2.4 mile swim maybe in a race yeah. but I've definitely done open water in San Diego for
0: sure Oh, nice. Well, move, moving from there to the training itself. And that's kind of what I, I really wanted to, to chat with you about today. So um, I, I, I teach a class. Uh, and one of the modules that we teach is on um, on uh, spinal cord injury and individuals with disability and the modifications that we make to equipments and, and, and things like that. So um, I find it interesting. I guess that that you're a breaststroker because I would assume that of all the strokes, that the breaststroke is probably the toughest one to do without without lower limbs. So, um, sure. how did you like? W- w- I know, I know you, you don't remember having legs, so it's, 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 it's a little bit different, but, um, what kind of challenges did you find you had to overcome with, with swimming, like to, to keep your, your body elevated so it's not dragging or does it still drag a little bit? I'm looking at your swim times and, and it doesn't look like you've got much of a, much of an impairment with, uh, with, with your body positioning, with, with the times you're pulling in.
1: I think that's, um, that was the focus when I was learning how to swim was how do you float, um, and balancing of water. Um, it's a lot of your core work. It's a lot of engaging. Um, your, and I'm amputated pretty much right above the knee. So I'm ga- I have to engage that my stump pretty much all of my limp. Um, you're engaging your hips and you're keeping everything at the surface. And I think practicing that, and then honestly, is really just continuous practice. Um, and it's, it's something that's like, uh, it's drilled pretty much. Um, like my coach back in San Diego, Alan Boisard, if if he didn't see me keeping my body at the surface, by the time I got to the wall, he told me to do it again. And then if he didn't see it again, he's going to say it again. You know, he's going to, I have to continuously think about this. Uh, I wouldn't say more so than pros, because I'm sure they do the same. But um, just in general, I, because I don't have that support in the back, I have to keep this on my mind. Um, you know, it has to be continuously thought about, and eventually once you train so much and you work so long to get to a point where, um, you kind of know, you have a certain feel, uh, that's when, you know, you, you've kind of worked the basics so long, but it's never, you know, it's never wrong to go back. Yeah. Yeah. The basics to there
0: for a reason. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's an awesome, um, swim pointer for, for, for everyone, not just, uh, not just for, for yourself. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, when I, I, I do some swimming as well and, uh, and I know when I see beginners, right, it seems like their, their legs dragging, um, and increasing that, 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 that frontal area and, and, you know, just, mm-hmm. and, and it is something I imagine if you didn't have the coach, uh, you probably just would have gone through your swimming, trying to, just go harder or faster and not worry about about keeping the keeping the body floating
1: exactly yeah exactly working against the water and that's t-
0: something I did not want to do
1: <laughs> but, already hard enough
0: <laughs> <laughs> right right well, yeah, but you get out of the water a lot faster so in the end it's easier mm-hmm. um, so so with the cycling uh, you mentioned you have a kneeler and uh, now I, I was mm-hmm. curious as to whether you do you when you train do you train with uh, power or heart rate or feel what's the um, what do you do?
1: It's uh, it's interesting. So I I was doing heart rate for a while because um, to be honest, that's probably my go-to um, or the one I I would choose first. Um, you know, it it helps me to understand where I am. You know, and, but unfortunately, I don't like wearing the strap, so I I have recently gone away from heart rate. Um, I just wanted to get that out there that it's it's my preferred choice. Yeah. Um. And then I went to, you know, we have the power meter as an option. Um, I don't have one at the moment. So at the moment, I'm really just going off a of field, uh, which has been very helpful, though. Um, yeah. So I have uh, my, my my coach. His name is Brian Hammond. He helped me when I was training for Ironman, when it came to my nutrition, um, and really just helped me on the bike because, it, like I said, that was my, you know, I didn't have a kneeler uh, three months going into Kona and um that was my weakest that was my weakest of the three disciplines I, I was a decent runner a strong swimmer but i just had no time on the bike um except for those three months you know yeah. so he really helped me uh learn how to get stronger on the bike and now it's it's more of a um uh, because i'm not doing triathlon more cycling races uh working on doing a certain distance at like this speed. so we're in like yeah, zone going one through five, six if you're going all out, you know, for maybe 30 seconds. Um, and how do I hold zone, zone three for a race? When do I know to go to zone four, or zone five? Um, my handling and on the bike, how do I, um, yeah, just how do I keep my top speed mm-hmm. and, and without hitting the brakes uh, if I can? And so he's been working with me on that. Uh, just telling me to kind of keep an eye out, and I just got a carbon bike. I want to say six or seven months ago now. Um, and this is the kneeler. And I, yes, okay. this is the kneeler. The kneeler that I used for uh, Kona was very heavy. Um, I didn't realize it until I tried other bikes. Right. And I was like, "What in the <laughs> world am I
0: riding on right
1: now?" <laughs> like, there's so much better. And but I didn't know about the kneeler. I didn't know the kneeler was. Um, I guess I just wasn't in that world, but I didn't know the kneeler was even available for others to use. Like I wasn't paying attention to that bike. I had only known the recumbent. Right. And that's what I was used to using. Um, and so from there, once I got the carbon bike, it was okay. This thing is easy to tilt. This thing is, uh, very fast. So I need to be in control. So it it really was the first couple of months was just getting used to going so fast and and turning so sharp. Um, and eventually, uh you know, you make adjustments, you try to set your bike the right way. And now it's, it's, I know which way to lean, how much to lean in order to hit certain turns sharp, sharply. Um, or in my case, how do I work it even, even more? So how do I avoid, um, going out so wide and then bringing it in tighter? Right. Um, uh, but again, I'm still very new, you know, so, <laughs> um so it's uh it's a fun experience
0: so you mentioned um you you didn't have the kneeler until uh three months before kona you you got the kneeler Mm -hmm. and and then you mentioned earlier with the recumbent bike you've uh you're you're pretty much upright but with the kneeler now you're engaging the abs you're 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 using the whole upper body to propel yourself so was there is there first of all it must have been pretty a uh, big learning experience pretty tough on the abs for the first little while and then is there other app and 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 core specific exercises you do to prepare you for you know 100 and 100, uh, 112
1: miles on on a kneeler? to be honest and this is something i did later in my in my swimming career um, i would use a, a monofin um and the one i preferred was from Finnis because they had this uh, their material was just so much better yeah it wasn't too it wasn't too hard on my stump Um, or too tight and, uh, working my core that way, like just swimming, like dolphin kicking was harder than riding my bike (laughs) and using my core. Yeah. Because, you know, in swimming, it's just, it's it's so much core. Um, and with cycling, it's like, I'm more so using my core as a stabilizer. Um, you know, it's, it's really, as I'm pulling and engaging, my core is holding tight and I'm trying to like. I'm not letting my body go too much back and forth. It's like enough to get to the point that I need. Right. Um, and, uh, so my, my core, like, I don't want to say it feels weaker now, but it, uh, it, it was definitely more from swimming when I was kicking and right. that's, that's going to be like my cross training. Um, like I said, I don't want to let the sport go. Um, I definitely plan to swim a couple of times a week if I can. Right. Um, and just what it, as good as it feels on the body you know like i that's something i should do continuously just to uh, loosen up my back work the core
0: um and just uh yeah switch it up you know i um <clears throat> i i i, I yeah this interview is about you but sometimes i like to talk about me because you know i'm i'm really important no i'll talk about my kids but (laughs) uh, one of my one of my kids you know as much as he despises the the sports i put him in he he became quite a quite a good swimmer quite a quite an accomplished swimmer and and he recently retired um he wasn't enjoying it anymore and uh -hmm. but he's so i I swim with a master's group and and he said hey i'll come to the master's group with you because he had a couple friends that were in there and he likes it again you know it's like you know he just needed to get out of that serious Mm -hmm. focused and I mean, is this is a fun fun thing to do and it's it's it, you yeah, all the all the sports i think it's probably the easiest on the joints i don't know if i've ever had a well a swim workout where my joints have hurt certainly the muscles but i yeah, agree good lifelong I agree. activity uh,
1: I, the only two that i've seen do that are they overtrain. yeah you know they overwork something or something's technically off and it's like that little you know that's just like you have to fix that little a little piece and then it starts to feel a little better. Yeah. You know, it's, it's usually a technical thing, but um, yeah, I've never, like, you know, <laughs> torn an ACL or
0: something.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess in my case, I don't have to worry about
0: that. <laughs>
1: but, right. but uh, you know, you just don't hear about those harsh injuries unless it's people that just overwork.
0: You right. know?
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, that's really good. But, and it's funny because Masters is, when I was younger, I would use it to, to build my strength. And so usually wherever I swam, it was by lane would determine the speed. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, that was just my goal was I'm trying to work my way up to the first lane. And I learned how to swim at Mission Valley YMCA in San Diego. And I still go back every once in a while. I jump into masters, and I'm usually like lane either two, three. And what if I'm feeling good? What if I'm like, I'm in shape, like I can hold and I'm using gear, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, someone with like a, a fin is definitely helpful to to strengthening everything. And yeah. Um yeah masters is a, it is fun it is just a good time like yeah. just everybody's working hard and it's
0: a one-hour and, workout it's not it's not a four thousand yeah. meter swim uh yeah i'm a is solid there? i think our lanes are reverse of yours one is is the slowest six is the fastest and i'm i'm a solid lane one swimmer so you know just so <laughs> um, I feel that. Yeah. um so so real quick so we uh, and we'll get into the running here I just i want to make sure i i touch on on your running training um so the 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 cycling training you mentioned, you go by kind of feel, and and you used to go by heart rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of so so one of the things with heart rate is you know if, if uh, the less muscle you use, the the slower your heart will beat at a maximal level. So what kind of heart rates are you training at with your hand cycling or with your kneeler?
1: Um, I'm trying to see if what I, I remember. Yeah, most. um, I want to say 170. Oh wow, with like a hard. A hard workout kind of your max, and then yeah. with swimming it was similar too. it would be up there okay um because we would obviously like have our six seconds to count um and i think 18 i would see the most um but if i remember right one seventy, 170, one seventy-five, sure um and i you know i could be completely wrong i don't know if that sounds off but no, no, no. It's... it was it was high okay. you know it was yeah. definitely like I was working for sure.
0: <laughs> okay. And then for the running, I know, I know, uh, I, I, well, I don't know. I, I, have read that, that, uh, last, um, uh, you did the New York city marathon, uh, and finished first in the hand cycle division last year. And, uh, so, so you're, you're, uh, running, uh, what's the split between the blades and the, and the, uh, hand cycle? How do you, uh, how do you split those up or how do you decide what you're going to do?
1: Um, so,
0: and congratulations on winning new york city that's a big deal
1: thank you it's it's you know i (laughs) you say that but i just feel like um i don't know it wasn't it wasn't that kind of race you know it was uh there were people who were using different bikes different cycles like i told you about the recumbent and i was using the kneeler a carbon kneeler you know and it's um going there to win wasn't really the, the plan it was I wanted to test out my new bike that I haven't gotten to race yet and um, I actually and I didn't know this going into it but the marathon you can't go ahead of the lead car and the lead car is only going an hour and 35 to, to the finish I think something like that oh. and for me especially coming down the sea level from altitude I was doing like 22 miles an hour um uh, so I was just like, Oh, I can knock this out like hour fifteen and like, <laughs> I got this <laughs> three cake. And they're like, oh, actually you gotta stay back. Like you can't pass the car. And I was just ready to like <laughs> open up, you know, just like see what I can do on this bike. And I, I couldn't. <laughs> um I attended uh, my coach, um, Alan Warthard and his wife Allison Terry, both amazing swimmers, have their own careers and successes in the sport. And I'll never forget, she told me this. She, uh, one day I came home from a master's workout and I said it wasn't hard for me. It didn't feel hard enough. And she said, if something's not hard enough, you need to make it hard. And ever since then, it just stuck with me. So I, I took that and I used it in the, the marathon and I uh, turned it into a workout. I would yeah. play cat and mouse with the lead car. Um, I would just let it go for however long. And you know I would kind of weave in and out and say to the people that came to watch and and then once it was far enough, I'm like, oh, you have to sprint to the car, top speed, like you can't stop. And then I would eventually catch up and just be gassed. Oh, nice. And then I'll just sit back and, and do it again. And so I did that for 26 miles. <laughs>
2: awesome.
1: <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it was such a good time. It was good to be back in New York. And, and uh, uh, just trying out the bike was fun. Uh, racing and riding in the city was a good time. Um, You know, I... I <laughs> it definitely holds a place in my heart because I called it home. And I remember a time in my life where I saw myself never calling it home, you know, and for it to have such an effect, I was like, it was definitely good. It was good to be back.
0: Excellent. And, and, and how about the blades? Is that, um, are there races you would prefer to do maybe, I don't know, 10 case half marathons, and blades and and longer races hand cycle.
1: I, I would definitely like to do, um, the Chicago marathon on blade as well as New York city on blades. If I can, um, I, I just want to see what I can do because the only, mm-hmm. you know, marathon time I have is from Kona and that was six hours and, and I think 15 minutes for the run. Right. And, um, that's just, you know, that's not accurate. <laughs> that's not real. That's not a good time. Um, so I would like to, not for me anyway, I would like to like train and, and work on the marathon. And uh, see if I can go under three hours. I'm 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 pretty confident I can. Um, it's just I know how much work it would take, uh, and with me training for you know Paralympics and cycling now, um, it's uh, it's almost it would it will require a lot. You know, it would have to be either this year or sometime next year, maybe. Um, but 2024 is all about games. You know, so I, I don't know if I want to give up too much time standing on a bike to go and
0: run, you know? Right. I, I, um, so what I enjoy doing, and I learned this from my wife is it, we, we live in Edmonton up north in Canada. And so we've got quite a bit of snow mm-hmm. and the, the footing's pretty marginal this time of year for us. So we do a lot of treadmill running and, uh, my wife started putting up, uh, you know, people wear GoPros and marathons and stuff. Right. So we'll, I'll we'll, we'll watch someone's GoPro at running a three hour marathon and, and I'm always surprised at how slow it looks like they're running and how like, you know, like those days are gone. Like, wait a second, they're just plodding along and they're going to do a three hour marathon. It looks so easy on TV, but it looks, you know, right. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, so, uh, you mentioned your, 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 uh, uh, sorry, you're, you're focusing on the, uh, hand cycling. And so what, what races are coming up for you? What's, what's, the, what's the goal for the next couple of years? So, you know,
1: obviously with COVID, everything is kind of uh, up in the air with international racing. Um, they haven't sent the schedule out yet. Uh, I haven't looked, but I haven't heard anything as well. Um, as of now, we have one national race, uh, which will be in Huntsville, Alabama, April 8th through the 10th um and i I told you i lived in birmingham for i was there sorry i moved to birmingham and then i went to college in florence alabama but overall i lived in alabama for 10 years right um and so it was it's you know there's families there like friends are there and i we were supposed to have this race last year and i couldn't go um and so my family that I told that I was coming was just like really down, really like we were expecting to see you and to watch you compete. And yeah. that's something that I rarely get to get is, uh, my family and friends there to watch and race right. or watch my race. Um, so it'll, it'll be nice to be down there and, and come down from altitude and, and ride, you know, in Alabama, which is very green, like very just, uh, so a lot of greenery, Yeah. You know? Um, and if I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I plan to spend like a couple of weeks just kind of seeing family while I'm there, as well as training, um, trying to figure out if it's before or after the race. Um, but
0: knowing me and my family, I think after is a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> you get, uh, <laughs> you get, more... get in a bad mood. Is that your,
1: is oh, no, <laughs> it's, no. It's, uh, when we get together, it's a celebration. Oh. Especially when I, when I come, when I, gotcha. cause I don't see them all. So right. It's always a good time.
0: Good. good.
1: Um, so it's probably after way to after.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here. I really appreciate the time you, you've spent with me. I, I indebted to you. Um, now I, I, so I, you know, you're, you're quite accomplished swimmer, cyclist runner. Um, and, and, and I guess a two part question. What sounds like you kind of identify as a cyclist now moving forward, but uh, if, if, of all those sports uh what location what locale do you think would be the ultimate place for you to uh to perform to to do a training camp to race to to whatever where in the world would would uh, roderick sewell like to go
1: Mm. good question as a cyclist um definitely just in the uk oh yeah it's just it's such a famous sport there it's such a um um, I just from what I've seen, the athletes need to work well together, whether they're in adaptive sports or able-bodied sports, whatever the situation. Right. And, um, yeah, just tackling is just so, so, so big. Yeah. Um, and then leading up to Paris, that'd be cool too. Like, uh, you know, why not you yeah. know, try to enjoy it over there as well? Um, I don't know that's one. And then swimming, um, I have ideas, but I don't, have, like, this is a huge this fantasy that I've, I've recently thought about, but I don't know if it's something that is doable, but it, it, I feel like I have the connections and I don't know. Um, but so the coach, my coach, Alan, who taught me how to swim, he swam the English Channel, um, he swam around Catalina Island, and he swam around Manhattan all in one year. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> Manhattan, wow. <laughs> Right, right, and I remember that one because his wife wouldn't kiss him for like two weeks because, yeah, <laughs> she's like, bro, you come around,
2: like, oh, don't shower. <laughs> but, uh, he, so he's the guy to me. He's the, like, he knows, you know, he knows what I would need to do to prepare for something like that. Um, I wouldn't do all three of those races, but if I have him by my side, I, I'd definitely see myself doing like a fundraiser where I would do a race like that. Um, I don't know how, I don't know, like what, like, cause it just, I know how long it took him and I know how long it would take me. Right. Um, so, but again, like if, if this is something that I can do and it's like, oh, that thing you used to be afraid of now you're doing it to raise money, to get back to the foundation that helped you out. Right. Um, you know, it's just those little things.
0: Okay. So, uh, so is there, uh, wrapping up, is there a way, uh, are you on social media, a way to get in touch with you, a way to see what you're doing and, and, and hopefully maybe uh, sponsor you in, in your endeavors to end the Challenge Athletes Foundation?
2: For sure. Um, so Challenge Athletes Foundation, obviously they have, uh, uh, challengeathletes.org is their website. Um, if you wanted to follow me personally, my Instagram is rseoul 92 so it's my first initial, my last name ninety two, R S E W E L L ninety two, right. and um, on Facebook I am just Roderick Sewell Jackson.
0: Roderick so Sewell Jackson. Okay, we'll follow you, and, uh, and 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 that's awesome. So uh, I, I, I again, once again, I, I really appreciate the the time um, that you that you've spent with me, and, and an awesome interview, uh, and and uh, and and thanks for being a triathlete because that's what really matters. <laughs> thank you for having me yeah, you, it. you have yourself a great day See well a big thank you to uh, Roderick Sewell for being my guest on today's podcast uh, again first uh, Iron Man first above double above knee amputee complete the Iron Man on uh, On prosthetic legs quite an amazing feat that was, you can watch it on YouTube just Google Roderick Sewell Iron Man Kona uh, 2019 was the year he completed it uh, and and quite an amazing feat Well uh, that's it for the show and as I sign out I'd like to once again give a big thanks to Kurt Bordeaux who graciously offered me the use of his music for my intro And what I used to refer to as the extro, but it's now what I've learned in the music industry as an outro. So thanks, Kurt. Um, And if you ever want to, if you want to have a listen to the music and he's got some, some really, some really interesting stories as well. That's kind of where I, I, I found them. By listening to his stories, uh, go to KurtBordeaux.com. Amazing fellow. Actually even introduced me to NFT's non-fungible tokens, I think is the name of them. So I am now in the new millennium. So thanks very much. Have yourself a great week and subscribe so you know when the new content comes out. Thanks so much.